This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. We have been dealing with a topic that oftentimes is not one that we want to talk about or we do talk about. It's, it's dealing with Lament, grief, sadness, as our Puritan forefathers used to say, the dark night of the soul. Actually, I think this is from a poem. Um, yeah, St. John of the Cross. Yep, and that the Puritans picked up on, so it's not original to them. And what we want to look at today is we're going to turn to Psalm 13, and maybe it would be good if somebody just read through the whole psalm right off the bat before we jump into questions on this and talking about the dark night of the soul. Yeah, I can take it. So Psalm 13, verse 1, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But... I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. So what is David describing here, specifically verses 1 and 2? I think a sense or a feeling of God's absence. Talk about these questions aren't necessarily seeking information, but they're expressing frustration and, and complaint. Uh, David wants to know how long he's going to feel this way, how long he's going to sense that God is absent from him. Sometimes we ask questions that we're really not asking a question, and yeah. David is doing that in verses 1 and 2. They're, they're in question form, but they're, they're really more of a statement of the David's expression of what's going on inside. And that's what Vinny's saying there, this sense of forsakenness, this sense of God's absence, this sense that he has been defeated he is alone and and others have risen up against him and that he isn't going to make it yeah i saw this when i preached through first samuel we see that there are several times that when things get tough david leans into the lord but there's other times especially when saul seeks to kill him on multiple occasions there's a couple of occasions where david says surely saul is going to kill me he's convinced that he is going to die and that he has been abandoned so it's you you have a man here that profoundly trusts in the lord but at times he he's really in that deep pit of of the soul that you were talking about on our last program i I think it's interesting. Maybe you guys don't think this way. So if I'm, I, you can just cut the rope and let me float out to sea <laughs> as as I go here. But I I often wonder about 
the people uh, of the scriptures, like what they would have been like as people. And David, I think, is is unlike what most people would would picture. So he's this ruler. He's this king over this powerful nation. Um, and we think of strong and steady, um, but I don't actually think David was strong and steady. I, I think David was a whirlwind. I think he was one of those people that in, in your life, his highs are high, his lows are low, and I, he's all over the map. I it's totally a, agree. Turbulent personality. Yes, right? yep. that there are some steady people in Scripture. David's not that. I'm well, not he, saying he wasn't a great leader. I think he was. No, but yeah. But I think if you were a friend of David, you were on, you were in for a roller coaster ride. Yeah. And we all have some of those people in our life. Yeah. And I, I just think God is gracious to give us variance. If everybody in Scripture was steady and, and strong and capable and kind of an emotional flatline, it'd be hard to identify if you weren't that. Um, and I, I just don't think David was that. I think what's amazing about that is that God used David to do such wonderful things in spite of that turbulence. Yeah. Or you look at Peter. Peter was very similar. Mm-hmm. Peter, you know, I th- you think of the night that Jesus was crucified. He was. He said, "I'm ready to die for you," and he even put his money where his mouth was because he tried to cut that guy's head off. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, he took off and abandoned Jesus. And then he decided, no, maybe I'll follow. And then he denied Jesus. No, I don't know anything about him. And I think you look at Peter, and he was an unstable person, or at least a um, inconsistent person, mm-hmm. and yet Jesus used him in such major, profound ways in church history. And I, I think that's such a comfort to us that we have good and bad days, but the Lord is faithful and consistent when we're not. And it just allowed David to write psalms of absolute exuberant praise and Psalm 13 that brings us into this depth. And what is the source of David's trouble here? I think it's the the Lord Himself is is what David's wrestling with here, and this his his feeling or his sense that that God has withdrawn from him, and so I think this is a this is a season which God has, has allowed David to experience these feelings, because um, I don't think it's a, it's necessarily the, the external circumstances. I don't think it's the enemies that are that are present, because David sees God as the solution, and so I think for me as I read through Psalm thirteen, I think God is really the source of David's trouble here. Is there, there's something going on between David and the Lord that, that has caused David to feel like God has withdrawn from him? I think, too, those things are in a way bound up because on the one hand, I agree with what you're saying, but at the same time, God has made promises to David that he's going to, to vindicate David. He's going to use him to build his own house. And so here David's complaining that his enemy is exalted over him. And so God, as long as he's in charge, as long as that guy is in the spotlight and I'm not, your promises aren't coming to fruition yeah that's David's so chief complaint right yeah so god uh, you know i need you to you've made these promises can you come through on those now so we we've been talking about this phrase a dark night of the soul so what what would be just a working definition of that yeah like this most one. people would have done this in show number one right that we're going to use this phrase for three days and then stay tuned not us. two days <laughs> not before us. we give you a definition but this is what that's m- called a teaser <laughs> yes it is boy does this make us distinct draw on the line out uh <laughs> so here's one that i like it, it's a season in the christian life in which our feeling or sense of god's presence is absent i like i like this because it it clarifies that it's it's not a season in which God's presence is absence. It's when our sense of God's presence or our feeling of God's presence is absence. John Owen, he wrote in The Glory of Christ that the, the Lord chooses at times to withdraw himself from the spiritual experience of believers. Yep, yep. Um, I think that's good, too, that you brought up that he is there. 
because when he doesn't feel like he's there, it's up to us not to not to worry about what we feel. Maybe maybe that's too strong, but not to live and think based on what we feel, but rather to operate based on what we know. And that is that Jesus said he would spend he would send his spirit to be with us forever, and that if you're in Christ, he is there and he's never going to go anywhere. It's just that you don't necessarily feel it the way you did when you were on top of the mountain last week. Yeah, I'm I'm continually pointing people back to the indicatives of the Christian life, meaning where if we don't know why we are going through something or we don't understand our circumstances, we're to lean into what we do know. God is good. God loves us. He said, Jesus said he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Uh, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. We lean into those things, and that helps us at times get through those, those times in our life. The Puritans used to refer to this as spiritual desertion. I actually am not a fan of that phraseology. Um, Dr. Beakey and I went round and round on this when I was in seminary at Puritan. That I, I, I don't believe that's an accurate depiction. And he would say, well, it's the sense of that desertion. I said, then you need to say that. Yeah, We are never deserted. So we can't speak of spiritual desertion. And he would say, well, we're, we're talking about what we feel. I'm like, well, that's different. And I think the John Owen quote actually supports what I'm trying to say. We lack the experience of God's presence. We never lack his presence, but we, we do lack the experience of that, of that presence in our life. And this is different from depression. How, how is this different than depression? Define depression. Because depending on the worldview, yep. you know, people have quite different understandings of depression. I think one of the differences is God allowing us to experience this this feeling of his absence versus depression can be attached to a circumstances or a letdown that we're experiences over a long period of time. Um, again, depending on your worldview and where you go with clinical psychology and how you define depression. But I would say what I'm trying to get at in, in this question is the difference between depression being connected to an actual circumstance or a letdown of our affections that's led us to a place of sorrow over a long period of time versus a, a specific season in our life that God is using for our sanctification in the dark night of the soul. Can I say something maybe a little controversial? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to and tell me if, I, if I'm out of bounds here, but we also need to be uniquely aware that we are fallen our flesh is fallen and um, not everything that we experience mentally also is um, attributable to uh, some sort of spiritual state that we're in let me give you an example there was a woman in our church several years ago that she thought she was depressed and my wife said have you had your vitamin d checked uh, recently she went to the doctor and she found out that her vitamin D levels were really low. She took some supplements and depression went away. So again, we're, we're fallen. We get sick, you know, things happen. So not, not everything. We just have to be care, careful that we don't say, well, everything is, is related to a soul issue or a mm -hmm. sin issue or something like that. Possibly it is, but not necessarily. You, you know, know, the the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, I don't know if you guys are familiar with them, ACBC, mm -hmm. that's a very common practice with them, is that when you enter pretty much any counseling situation, I, maybe I shouldn't say that, not any, but oftentimes when somebody comes to you for counseling, one of the first things that you do is you say, you need to go get a full checkup. 
Yeah. You need to go get your levels of everything checked because of exactly what you just said. Yeah. And it was amazing. The turnaround was night and day for this person. You know, it was just needed a supplement, needed to go out in the sun. When you you have these moments, um, David is, is going through here, this, God, you've forgotten me. God, you have, quote, unquote, deserted me. You have left me at the hands of my enemies. And you can have people in, in your life, you can have it in your own life, where you feel this this sense of despair that you know the verses, you know Galatians, you know, where you're supposed to be living in the fruit of the Spirit, but you, in that joy that's supposed to be there, but you don't, you're not experiencing that. So in those moments of struggle, you need to come to um, really where, where David comes in this, in this psalm. I've trusted in your steadfast love. My experience of that steadfast love isn't right now something that I, I'm experiencing. I, I don't, I'm not sensing that. I don't feel like God loves me. What I feel is that nobody loves me, that I'm alone, that I'm deserted, that I'm forsaken, that whatever I'm going through is, is getting the best of me, has gotten the best of me, and that there's these moments where you're saying, I, I don't know what to do. And where we're going in the next couple of days is, okay, what do you do when you hit that bottom? What do you do when you find yourself in the first couple verses of Psalm 13, but not in the final verses of Psalm 13? So I'm going to encourage you to keep listening, and hopefully as we go through the rest of this psalm, but also the other examples from Scripture, you'll have your spirits informed with regard to the truths of God's Word, of where to turn, where you find yourself in those moments. See you next time.